Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Praise you again and again With all that I have singing Hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much Nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing Sing, come on my soul, come on my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord One more time Come on my soul Oh don't you get shy on me Lift up your soul Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the So we 
Dear God, thank you for bringing us all here today. I pray that you would bless this message, that you would share what you want shared, and that you would touch each of our lives and prepare us for a week of celebrating thankfulness, God, and all that you've done in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. I can't believe it. No matter how many times Jeb reminds me that I need to give him his spot to shine, I always forget. Um, but speaking about favorite things, um, which is food, and both of us love cheeseburgers. We were talking about how great a cheeseburger is. Um, it's got meat, which for a growing man like me is delicious. Cheese, which is probably my favorite food. Um, put some ketchup, maybe some mayonnaise. Get a nice bun on there. Some of you like pickles or mustard. I don't want any of that. But they're delicious. And so I don't have them super often, but when I get a chance, it's something I enjoy eating. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you also love cheeseburgers. I know my wife, Hannah, loves to get a cheeseburger pretty much every time we go to a sit-down restaurant. I always wonder, why don't you try like something different each time? Like if we're going to the family restaurant, right? There's so many different options. Um, but it's, cheeseburgers holds a special place in her heart. And um, I also love cheeseburgers. Some years ago, I was on a family trip and we went to another city in Wisconsin, and we stopped by a Burger Bell. Now, um, Burger Bell is not actually a real restaurant. Um, this is the symbol for Burger Bell. For any of you who may know a little bit about Veggie Tales, uh, Mr. Lunt has a song where he sings about uh, his cheeseburger. And so I'm going to use Burger Bell because I don't want to be trash-talking any restaurants that you may enjoy. Um, I'm going to keep them anonymous. Um, if Burger Bell existed, I'm sure it would be my favorite restaurant. Um, but we're going to call it Burger Bell. So I went to Burger Bell, and um, as my family gave all their orders, I gave mine, which was a plain cheeseburger. And then we went, we drove like 10 minutes away to eat at a park. Um, we sat down at a bench, we were gonna have a nice picnic, it was summertime, and I opened my cheeseburger, and you can probably guess what made me very, very sad. There, were, there was cheese, but there were extra things. I don't like pickles, I don't like mustard. There was cheese, okay, so it's still a cheeseburger, but it wasn't what I ordered. And it was actually really sad, because we weren't gonna be able to go back and get a new one, we had driven off now, so I was stuck um, probably scraping off a burger and eating what was left and not enjoying it a lot. Um, this story might feel super random at the moment. Um, I'm going to come back to it in a little bit and you'll see what it has to do. So over the last month, while Robbie's been away, um, he asked our grow group to discuss Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And so that's what we've been doing um, for several weeks now. And I wanted to share with you some of the things we've learned through it. Um, so the verse is up here. Why don't you um, look along as I read it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. These two verses are very short, but they hold a lot of great um, truth, a lot of wisdom just in these few words. We're going to dig into this um, by looking at each part, whether it be a word or a phrase individually. And so the first one I want to look at is the word trust. When I ordered that plain cheeseburger, I was trusting in Burger Bell. 
I was trusting that they were going to hear me correctly, that when they put on the screen plain cheeseburger, that they were going to look at that again, um, that they were going to make it plain, that they were going to give it to me warm, freshly cooked, not raw, right? I put trust in them. Now, the way I proved my trust in that moment was I didn't check my sandwich while I was in the drive-thru still. We drove away and I checked it later, right? Some of you have learned that lesson already that you probably, if you don't trust a specific restaurant because you've had bad experiences, you should check your sandwich before you drive away. I trusted the workers at this place to do it correctly. Um, Burger Bell actually has another location in Oshkosh that my family knows I dread going to. They always get my order wrong every single time. And it's stressful because I know I'm going to have to tell them it's wrong. And I don't want that confrontation no matter how for me. Weekly, a cheeseburger at Culver's, but I am at, at Burger Bell. And the reason is that over time, they've earned my trust. Now, the definition of trust, if you look in the dictionary, is having a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. In this case, my lack of trust was in their reliability of doing the same thing over and over. Truth could be for you, do you trust a news station that they're going to give you the correct news? Do you trust a book that you're reading? Um, is the author reliable? Can you believe everything they're saying? Ability is self-explanatory, right? Can they actually do it? And strength, when you walk across a bridge or drive across one, do you believe it's strong enough? Those are ways that you have trust in something. As we spoke in our grow group about different ways that people had trust for things, these were some examples. Someone has trust for the United States justice system and the courts. Trust in a spouse for reliably doing a chore that they usually do. Trust in a teammate in a video game, doing their duty correctly and staying alive. <laughs> Is it easy to trust someone? Well, as I've talked about with the difference between Culver Culver's and Burger Bell in my experiences, it depends a lot on past behavior. Trust is something that is earned. The thing is, no matter how much someone might trust, earn your trust, trusting in humans will eventually let you down. Culver's will put a pickle in your burger. Your spouse will forget to do their chore. Your teammate in your video game might die from falling off a cliff in the first 30 seconds, and the US judicial system could unjustly imprison someone. Some of these things might seem small and trivial while others are gigantic, but the fact is, in all of these ways, if we put our full trust in humans, it'll eventually hurt us in the end. We'll eventually have our trust broken. But this is a normal consequence of trusting other people. Thankfully, this verse reminds us to trust in the Lord, which is the next thing we're gonna look at. We then discussed, so what's the difference in trusting God? If there are so many difficulties in trusting humans, why should we trust God? The first thing we know is that God keeps his promises. Amen. He made many, many promises throughout the Bible to many different people. And every single promise that he ever made has always come to pass. Um, he has no record of ever breaking a promise. And so we have no reason to believe that he ever will. Going back to earning trust, God has definitely earned our trust. I have some different omni words. Omni is um, a part of a word that means all. So omniscient is all-knowing. 
If God makes a promise and he's omniscient, if he knows everything, he knows what's going to happen in our future. He has a full view. God can make a promise knowing that he'll keep it in the future. God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. Someone might promise you that you'll ne- they'll never let you get hurt again, that they'll protect you and keep you safe forever. Only God is someone who, if he makes a promise like that, can actually be with you, right? You can, ha- you can promise your child you'll never let anyone hurt them, but you can't go with them to school every day. You can't be with them every second. And God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. So no situation is too big for him. We also know that God is perfect, making no mistakes ever, and that he's good and loving. And these two last things mean that he's going to use all of his power and all of his strength for your good. Next, we'll look at we're trusting in God with all of your heart. What does it mean to trust God with all of your heart? I'll use a couple different ways for you to think about it. What if I said trusting God completely or trusting God 100% or trusting God with all of your heart means that you're trusting. What does this actually look like? Because so I believe that one of the ways God shows us this is if we just continue. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Next, God talks about what our own understanding is. So what is your own understanding? How do you see your own life through your own limited human view? How do you view good things that happen? What happens when you get a raise or you get a new job or they made your sandwich the right way or your kid does something awesome and you're so proud? How do you view those things in your life? But also, how do you view the difficult things? When something happens to you that doesn't seem to be going your way, that doesn't seem like it would fit God's perfect goodness, how do you see it? The thing is, our view is limited. Our view is limited to the present and a little bit of the past. We can see what's happening today, mostly. Even that we can't do super well all the time. But we have some sort of understanding of what's happening right now. And you have a limited view of the past. You have memories of what God's done for you before, of what's happened in your life. Um, But even in the past, you can't remember all that's happened. The thing is, we don't have any view right now of the future. And that's a way that God is very different than us. I want you to think really quickly How would these different people in the Bible see their own situations with their own human understanding? I'm going to give you some different examples of people and just imagine what they were thinking. Abraham, when he was putting his promised son on an altar to sacrifice him. Job, essentially going through a long period of horrendous torture. Joseph, being sold into slavery by his brothers. Moses, when he was pinned back by the Red Sea. The disciples, when Jesus knew that one of his best friends was dying and still didn't leave where he was for two days. The disciples sailing at night on dangerous waters and seeing a ghost. Or the disciples as Jesus was crucified. Now, in each of these situations, they couldn't see that. For example, Abraham didn't know that God's plan was for him to show commitment to God and that God was going to provide a different sacrifice. Job didn't know that he was proving the devil wrong and God right when God told the devil that Job was praising God not just for his wealth. Joseph never knew that he was going to save his brothers 
a nation, thousands of people. Moses didn't know he was going to have the coolest story ever about when God literally split a sea in front of him. The disciples didn't see that Jesus was waiting to show his resurrection power for Lazarus. They didn't know Jesus was going to walk on water, water, so it wasn't a ghost, it was Jesus. And they also couldn't see that Jesus was dying to save us and that he would rise again. The disciples, you heard I used multiple examples, they spent so much time with Jesus. And still they had a flawed understanding when they used their own human mind. We have to remember that God has the full view. Because he is omniscient, because he has perfect knowledge, he understands fully the present, the past, and the future. And that's why, with our own understanding, that's not something we can lean on. So in this verse, it says, lean not. And I'm just going to change the wording a little bit. If it's easier for you, think about it as don't lean, okay? Don't put all your trust in yourself. Don't think that you have all the answers. God has given us wisdom. He's given us intelligence uh, for a reason so we can make decisions. But understanding that we aren't um, all-powerful when we make those decisions and we need to keep God in mind. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. What are all of your ways? All your ways, again, it's not some of your ways. It's not most, it's all of your ways. It's every single aspect of your life. In what ways can you put your trust in God? Is it your finances, your job, your family, hobbies, driving, playing a sport, playing bingo on Friday night? Whatever it is, it's saying you're trusting in God. Okay? Now, in all these areas, no matter what it is, in all of your ways, God tells us to submit to him. And that's the next part we're going to look at. How do we submit to God? The first thing we can do is let him know that he's in charge. We can do this through prayer. We can do this through our actions by just saying, God, I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. And I'm going to say that you are in charge. Please help me with my decisions today. Help me to keep you in mind in everything I'm doing. Admit that you don't have all the answers. You know that you don't have all the answers. Let God know and let him take an opportunity to help you. And finally, you can pray that his will be done in your life. Um, his will is the best life. He has the best plan for you. So let him take control. The final part of the verse says that he will make your path straight. I want you to imagine that you're in a barren wilderness. Maybe you're in a desert and there's tumbleweeds. Uh, maybe you're in a scraggly forest, but there's not much around you at all. And you really need maybe water or you really need safety or a fire for the night. And you see one person and they tell you the nearest town really isn't near, but it's that way like straight in that direction. And there's a straight path from here to there. No turns whatsoever, a completely straight path there. If you're going to take that path, there could be hills and valleys. There could be rattlesnakes. There could be a grizzly bear. There could be a puddle or a river you have to wade through. But it doesn't mean that our path is going to be and that is 
it goes from point A to point B without fail. Um, and so how do we get that? How do we have God point us in the right direction? Well, we saw earlier in this, in this verse, we need to submit to God and lean on his understanding. So if we're willing to say, God, you're in control, he makes us this promise that he will make our path straight. A verse that I think pairs really well with this, um, it's one of my favorites, it's Romans 8.28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So if you're wondering, how do I make this apply to me? How do I make sure that I'm in God's will, um, that I'm going in the right direction, that I'm on that straight path? If you love God and you're following God, you know that you're on the right path. Again, the path's not going to be easy, but you're going to be going in the right direction. And that's what we need. We need to get to that rescue village, right? Whether we have to wade through a river and we're soaking wet, hey, when you're sitting next to that campfire and you have some food, at that point it doesn't matter because you've reached your destination. So I want you to imagine um, that there's something that you need in your life. What's something you need? Is it something with a relationship with someone? Is it something physical? Is there something you're nervous about coming up? And um, in this illustration, I'm like God. Okay, so I have a piece of paper. You can see it's just a normal piece of paper right now. And so maybe you're praying about this thing. Um, you just, you really need a miracle. You really need something from God. And you don't know how it's going to come. Maybe you have an idea of how it's going to come. Um, but you're, you're keeping a lookout, you're waiting, and you think you have ideas of what might be happening as God's working in your life. Um, maybe some of you have an idea of what I'm doing right now. Does anyone have an idea what I'm doing? Paper airplane? No! <laughs> but thank you for that answer, because in your human view, you're expecting that your answer is going to come through a paper airplane right now, okay? Now, we're going to say in this illustration, maybe what you need is a shirt, okay? Whatever it be, imagine it as a shirt. You need a shirt on your back. Um, you don't have any clothing. So you at first were thinking, oh, that shirt's coming in a paper airplane. Of course that's what he's making. Nope, not a paper airplane. That shows your flawed human understanding. Okay? It's actually a boat. You see the boat from a long way off, and you think to yourself, oh, there must be a shirt in that boat. Okay, you see it coming down the river. You're so excited. You're waiting for it. There's a problem, though. There's a rapids, and there's many boulders in the way, and the boat hits a boulder. And that does not look good. It hits the boulder so hard, in fact, that it rips the entire front off the boat and you start getting nervous. The boat spins around through the rapids, and as it con continues going, it hits another boulder. And again, it breaks off the other side of the boat. And this is what you see, like somehow still floating, coming towards you. It starts to tilt as it's losing its ability to stay buoyant, and hits a log. Well, there goes the top of your boat. And this is what comes and rests by you along the riverside. 
And you look at that and you think, what happened to my miracle? I had trust in God. What happened to whatever I was going through? I thought that God was going to send me an airplane and he didn't. Then I thought he was sending me a boat and he didn't. But, okay, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. You're ruining it. You're not doing it the way that I thought you were going to do it. But here's the question. During the process, if you are loving God and putting your trust in him, he promises, like in that verse, all things will work together for your good. Okay? Even the things that seem bad, like, that seem like obstacles, that seems like boulders in the rapids. So I'm just going to read those couple of verses again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. What ways in this life are you not trusting God completely? Maybe for you, it's just on your way to work, praying and saying, God, I know something is not going to go super well today because I have a meeting with that person that I don't want to have a meeting with. Can you help me to say the right thing? Or it could even be just, God, this is what I think I want to do with my next step. I just want to let you know and ask that I would have your blessing, but show me if there's another way. One of the easiest things you can do is just keep God in the conversation. Just let him know, hey, I'm not forgetting you. I don't want to do this on my own. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing us all together, God, leading up to Thanksgiving. We're so thankful that you keep your promises. Um, we're thankful for these verses that show us that if we're trusting in you, you're going to make our path straight. And if we're loving you, you're going to make everything work out for us, God. Um, no matter how difficult or negative or painful things may be, that you're going to bring us to where we need to be. God, I pray for this week, as many of us are going to be celebrating, that we would keep you first, that we would remember all the things you've done for us. Um, we're thankful for family, for food, for safety, for so many things, God. And I pray um, that we would all, always put our trust in you and that you would remind us, God, that we don't have all the answers, but if we submit to you, you're going to keep us on the straight path to where we need to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, I forgot to mention, um, I said something about it earlier, but if you would like to give today um, for missions, for offering, there's a giving box right out back. I'll pray quickly for that. Um, so, God, I pray that you would take all the financials um, that we're giving to you, that every single dollar would be used for your name to bring more people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving um, and a great rest of your week.